Coming up in this episode, Tunisia, the birthplace of the Arab Spring, has been mistaken for something that it's not. Tunisia is not a land of extremists and terrorists. That's Faisal Gouya, Tunisia's ambassador to the U.S. with a message for terrorists. Those who think that Tunisia can can be a, a place where terrorists can operate or can uh, take, you know, cities and declare them as provinces you know, of ISIL are completely wrong. They don't know Tunisia. They don't know Tunisians. But ISIL fighters are amassing in western Libya with designs on Tunisia. And on this program, we hear what Tunisia is doing about it and how the U.S. is a critical part of their plan. From WTOP in Washington, D.C., this is Target USA. Got a very graphic situation. San Bernardino. Upwards of 14 people that are dead. We are now investigating these horrific acts as an act of terrorism. Paris. An attack on all of humanity. The Islamic State. I'm back, Obama. They I'm want back. you to imagine them in the shadows as something greater than they are. Hostile nation states. They can't inflict mortal damage to the United States. Cyber criminals. Encryption successful. This is Target USA. America in the crosshairs. Whether it's anarchist, cyber criminals, nation states, or terrorist, America has a target on its back. And on this program, we investigate the threats, the people behind them, the agencies fighting them, and the impact on you. I'm J.J. Green, previously on Target USA. The Islamic State group has an external operations unit. It's launched attacks in Paris, San Bernardino, Brussels, and beyond. And the CIA is hard at work trying to figure it out. We're working day and night to try as best we can to understand how this external operations network operates, who's involved, where they are, how they operate, and how we can disrupt their their operation. And coming up on this episode, the Arab Spring. It started in Tunisia on December 17, 2010. Tunisia is the initiator of uh, the Arab Spring and uh, the first um, riots and the first revolution that took place in the region was came from Tunisia before Egypt, before Libya, before uh, Syria and all the other countries. During the confusion of those uprisings, the Islamic State group and other terror groups took advantage of the chaos and because of the instability created in Libya, the Islamic State group has moved in and has set up shop. It's now threatening Tunisia. And because of the rapid rise and expansion of the Islamic State group, Tunisia's back is against the wall. So they're building their own wall and the U.S. is helping them. Tunisia uh, should be... Tunisia's ambassador Faisal Goya explained it all to us when we sat down. We declared uh, a military zone, uh, which is a huge part of uh, the of land uh, near the borders with Libya, and it is very effective because the whole zone, which is uh, which is so so big, so huge, w- was declared military zone. So nobody can circulate 
move in this area except uh, military. The second uh, step was uh, the we built uh, a belt and an obstacle, land obstacle, um, on the borders uh, between Tunisia and uh, uh, Libya uh, to prevent, of course, uh, terrorists' uh, attacks and uh, infiltration, but mainly and also uh, to prevent all kind of smuggling. Mm-hmm. Because in this area, unfortunately, there are all kinds of smuggling, from human smuggling to goods uh, uh, smuggling to weapon smuggling, etc. So this this uh, uh, obstacle uh, was built in a, a very short time by by our own means, and uh, it it seems that uh, this obstacle is very effective. Uh, now we are building. Uh, on our borders an electronic uh, control system. Uh, That means that uh, uh, the long of the uh, borders between uh, Tunisia and Libya, there will be in the next few months, uh, maybe the next few weeks, uh, an electronic uh, system with electronic devices uh, and detectors to detect any movement you know, uh, on our borders. It seems very effective, and this is uh, this project uh, was possible thanks to the uh, cooperation between Tunisia, Germany, and the United States. The U.S. government is spending $25 million for a project to strengthen Tunisia's border with Libya. A contract was awarded by the Defense Threat Reduction Agency, and it's designed to provide an integrated border surveillance system based on remotely monitored sensors along with basic border security equipment and related training for the Tunisian army in the National Guard. U.S. officials have been to the region several times as discussions and plans for the project have taken place, but will that be enough to deal with the threat from ISIL on Tunisia's border with Libya? We spoke via Skype with someone very familiar with that part of the world, former CIA covert operative Robert Bayer. I think it's a huge threat. There's a couple things, um, easy access to weapons, training. Um, you know, it's a rear base for the Islamic State, and Tunisia is one of their primary targets. Now, I know they've been talking about putting up fences and collecting better intelligence, you know, metadata analytics, uh, cooperation uh, with the United States and Europeans. That's not enough, though. I mean, Tunisia is truly on the edge. High unemployment, uh, disaffection with the government. I mean, it's pretty much political dysfunction there. Uh, it, the, the place is ripe for picking. So what, in your view, does Tunisia need to do from a counterterrorism and intelligence point of view, other than what it's already doing, to deal with and to match the threat from the Islamic State organization? Well, the problems, you know, what do they do about their economic problems? What do they do about global warming? Because remember, this is all northern Africa is suffering from a terrible drought. Uh, High population. I mean, their problems to me seem to be overwhelming. I don't think the Islamic State is going to be in Tunis, you know, this year or anything like that. But you're going to see more and more adherence. 
as conditions get tougher uh, and as these governments fail, these, these secular governments. And, you know, the, the obvious thing would be to do something about Libya, which the United States is trying to do to set up a unity government, but that's not going to happen. It's too tribal. Uh, the Islamic State has had a couple small setbacks recently, uh, but they are very vibrant, attractive organization for people that don't see a way out. Tunisia is the birthplace of the Arab Spring, and Ambassador Goya on this program proudly reminded us of that. But has, in your opinion, Tunisia been able to leverage that, especially in this fight against terrorism? Oh, well, I mean, the, the whole thing about the Arab Spring, of course, that it was, it was an e- economic failure and corruption. And while they're better they, than they are today, they still haven't solved all their problems. It's, it's a secular society that, you know, is, is saddled with the past. And don't forget, a lot of the Islamic State is attracting people internally. You know, the access to weapons doesn't have to come from Libya. It, it can come from... You know, all the the other, you know, Algeria, for instance, that border is wide open. I've been along those borders, and there's absolutely no way to um, secure them as they should be. So, I mean, this is really an uphill struggle. And and the pace of the Islamic State is something we really can't calculate. And we don't know why, uh, you know, they're losing some places in Iraq, yet they're holding on to others. Same way with Syria. Um, it just all depends on the the level of chaos in that part of the world, and the more chaos there is, the more the Islamic State thrives. And speaking of that, the Islamic State group, as awful as it is, according to some intelligence experts, is not the worst that could come. What's coming next or could come next could be worse. From a futurist point of view, how does Tunisia and the rest of North Africa and indeed the rest of the world work with that? Well, I mean, here's the problem. We're not looking at what's, why, why did the Islamic State come about? And it came about because of genuine grievances. And you have to look at the Middle East in sectarian terms. And the Orthodox Muslims are on the run. They've been defeated. I mean, they were defeated in Afghanistan when we went in October 2001. They were defeated when we invaded Iraq in 2003. Four, four capitals that used to be Sunni Orthodox capitals, Beirut, Sana'a, Damascus, and Baghdad, have fallen to their arch enemies, the Shia. So they look at the world in apocalyptic terms, Sunni. And if they continue to be defeated, as they have been, and we continue to bomb them, they will gravitate, gravitate toward one group or another. They may call it something else. It may not. It may be called the Marabatun, as it is in Algeria. It just it just doesn't matter. But as long as you're having a large group of people like that who think they're under existential threat, they will strike back in some way. They will lash out. And you know, we call it terrorism. They call it self-defense. But U.S. military is playing a key role in Tunisia, using a platform called the Joint Military Commission. So we asked Ambassador Goia to explain it. The Joint Military Commission usually is meant to put together the policies, Tunisian and American uh, uh, policies, to uh, to secure our both countries, to uh, harmonize our action against uh, terrorism, and to uh, build uh, new uh, strategies and. Um, Uh, projects 
to uh, fight against uh, uh, terrorism mainly, but also uh, to fight against any uh, kind of uh, violent extremism or uh, against uh, uh, you know any kind of uh, trafficking and smuggling uh, that uh, can uh, occur in, in our countries. Just briefly on that, are there forces on the ground with you there, U.S. forces? No, we, we don't have any U.S. forces in, on our land, but what exists is a, a coordination, cooperation, from time to time, we, we can have uh, joint exercises. Uh, we use uh, a lot of American equipments. Uh, the Americans are uh, increasing their uh, military assistance to Tunisia. Uh, and uh, we are very thankful to the United States for assisting and helping Tunisia to uh, improve uh, the conditions of our uh, military. In the meantime, Tunisia's in the middle of a very difficult situation. So we asked the ambassador how the relationship with the U.S. and the other countries and the building of the wall and the electronic surveillance system had helped the security prognosis for Tunisia. Uh, we noticed uh, for the last few months uh, a, a, an improvement, a very a uh, clear improvement in the security situation in, in the country. Uh, we have now less infiltration from uh, smugglers and traffickers. Uh, we uh, noticed uh, a diminution of uh, people infiltration into the country. All kind of vehicles that try to, uh, to um, pass the border were even either arrested or uh, they were uh, blocked by the wall and uh, then it helps our uh, forced uh, armed forces to uh, capture and to arrest the people using these cars or these vehicles and uh, we expect once the um, electronic system is um, is finished to uh, even better improve uh, the uh, security uh, and the security control, the border security control between the two countries. The U.S. is spending time and resources helping Tunisia figure out how to better secure its borders. But at the end of the day, what Tunisia really wants from the U.S. can better be communicated in economic terms. We in Tunisia, and especially our business community, is asking the United States to adopt uh, uh, an FTA, a free trade agreement with Tunisia. The same the United States did with its closest allies in our region, Morocco, uh, Jordan, Bahrain, uh, etc. So uh, Tunisia as a close ally uh, to the United States. And uh, because uh, we are a strategic partner to the United States, we would like to uh, partner also in the economic, uh, on the economic side and uh, be a full partner of the United States, be uh, um, a partner in, in uh, a free uh, a trade uh, zone uh, that helps uh, Tunisians and Americans to uh, trade uh, in, in a free way uh, between the two countries. 
Meaning money from the economic improvement can be used to upgrade the security prof profile. Is that correct? Absolutely. When people are living in a prosperous country, uh, the, the government can make deliverables to the people. It can only improve the uh, security situation and people will be focusing only on their jobs, on their work, on uh, improving even better <clears throat> their social and family situation rather than, you know, uh, complaining about uh, lack of opportunities or unemployment. And uh, it can impact very, very uh, easily on the security situation. To highlight the challenge Tunisia's facing, the day before this podcast was posted on May 11, 2016, Tunisia's Minister of Interior announced that a major terror operation was underway in the capital city of Tunis. He said in a statement, as a part of the ongoing security operation to hound terrorists who came from different parts of the country and gathered in the capital to prepare synchronized attacks, a quantity of weapons were seized, Kalashnikovs, grenades, pistols, and ammunition. He went on to say two individuals described as, quote, dangerous terrorists were killed, 16 others were arrested. And coming up on our next program, anyone can get hacked. If something like this can happen to a director of a major intelligence community organization, it can happen to you. And it can happen to you at home or at work. The director of the National Cybersecurity Center sits down with us to tell us the awful, ugly truth about cyber criminals and why we are our own worst enemies. But he also tells us how to fix the problem. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA. If you are leading change, building a team, or implementing new procedures, Gonzaga University's online Master's in Organizational Leadership gives you the tools for success. With concentrations in change, global, and servant leadership, you'll get the most relevant training and education to help you tackle any challenge. Visit gonzaga.edu leader and find out how Gonzaga's organizational leadership degree can affect positive change in your life and career. That's gonzaga.edu leader. The new Deborah Health Report podcast drops the first Wednesday of every month. Visit DeborahHealthReport.com for the latest with Raza Kay as she discusses heart disease, sleep conditions, and more with leading doctors at Deborah Heart and Lung Center. Listen at DeborahHealthReport.com. As fall fills up with activities and obligations, even a small time saver can feel like a big help. Grammarly is an all-in-one writing tool that makes clear, concise communication easier than ever, so you can finish your work earlier and head off to family dinners, social events, and fall weddings. Grammarly is free to download and works where you do, so every project gets finished quicker. Make sure your writing is free of mistakes with Grammarly's free, comprehensive writing suggestions and get an instant take on how your message comes across with the free tone detector. Let Grammarly Premium's sentence clarity rewrites help you find the perfect words on the first try. You'll be confident writing client emails, deadline-driven reports, and presentations without staying late at the office. Get more time back in your day by writing with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcasts to sign up for a free account. Then get 20% off when you're ready to upgrade to Grammarly Premium. That's Grammarly.com slash podcasts. 